Perverted, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. This is your host, Victor Anakin, and welcome to another exciting episode of Afro Verdict, where I talk to Africa's experts, youth, and prominent figures to keep you, our listeners, up to date on what's going on around the world and on the continent through the African voice, African opinion, and the African verdict. Today, I would like to welcome Soli Africa Mapaila, the General Secretary of the South African Communist Party. He will talk to us about one of the most renowned heroes and anti-apartheid activists, Chris Harney, reminding us why this person is treasured in South African history and what impact he had on the country's politics. Solima Paila, welcome. So at the time of his death, Chris Harney was among the most popular leaders of the anti-apartheid struggle. What was the secret of his appeal especially for the youth? Well, most certainly he was the most popular leader after Mandela in the country, uh, precisely because he led the youth uh, in the frontline battles against the apartheid enemy as the leader of our um, joint military wing with the ANC, Umkontoesizu, the spear of the nation, um, in which he was the chief of staff and the former army commissar. Um, and of course, uh, being in the leadership of the Communist Party for quite a number of years. So he has been at the critical points of various um, periods of our struggle. And uh, the apartheid regime hated him so much. And because the people knew those who were highly hated by the apartheid regime were basically the heroes of the struggle and heroines of the struggle, then they gravitated much more towards him. That is why even when uh, they started some of the negotiations, the apartheid regime kept on asking the ANC to discontinue its relationship with the Communist Party, especially with Mr. Hani, as they used to call him. And what about his personality? Did his personality appeal in any way to the young people of South Africa back in the day? Yes, uh, Comrade Chris was a very uh, free-spirited comrade who will mingle easily with the youth. Um, who will take responsibility. Um, I mean, as the leader of the um, Liberation Army, whose soldiers were in the frontline battles, some of them got injured, some of them died in the battles. Um, he will visit their families and speak to them. But he, he had a way to captivate the youth by simplifying the struggle for socialism in our case, uh, beyond just the struggle for national liberation. Of course, he integrated easily the meaning of the struggle for national liberation and the struggle for socialism as a continuum of the same struggle. That after we have uh, ended racism in South Africa, uh, we will create a non-racial society. And after we have ended patriarchy and the oppression of women in South Africa, we will then create a non-sexist society. And after that, we will also equally uh, deal with the exploitative and oppressive capitalist system and create an egalitarian society in the economy, which will guarantee an easy advance towards socialism. So the youth uh, uh, gravitated more towards these views, and um, they loved them because the youth, as you know, love equality. Uh, They love to affirm their rights and even their future. So it was in that context that um, how he articulated uh, these perspectives on socialism, even to the general masses of our people, uh, they resonated with him. He actually once said that socialism is not about big words, 
uh, or had uh, uh, words that are difficult to comprehend. But for the people of South Africa, he said socialism is about access to clean running water, access to education, access to free health, access to sanitation, and access to uh, the equality between the urban and the rural, and the respect for the elderly and the children. So he said he simplified what was the meaning of the concrete struggle against apartheid. Oh, I see. So basically, he saw what people needed and promoted that. And he carried himself as someone with the people, not as a distant representative figure of sorts, but as one of them, as a part of them. That's for sure. Welcome to Afro Verdict on Sputnik Africa. I'm your host Victor and together with Solima Paila, the General Secretary of the South African Communist Party, we are remembering Chris Haney, one of the most renowned anti-apartheid heroes that was tragically assassinated on 10th of April 1993. Let's take a closer look at what he stood for and what impact he had on the political situation of that period in the history of South Africa. I'm very optimistic, and my optimism is not based on uh, what negotiations, uh, on what is happening to negotiations, but my optimism is based on the mood of the people on the ground. Their confidence, their militancy, and their impatience with apartheid. I think our people have decided that we are going to dismantle apartheid. And I think that is what causes optimism. Optimism is based on the fighting militants of the people. I, I think for me, it's, it's, uh, it's really material what the Clark does ultimately. The people will have a democratic South Africa. And I think no armed force whatever can stop this process. I think we've reached a situation in South Africa where we are no longer prepared to live under apartheid. And we are ready to make whatever sacrifice to get that democratic South Africa. And Hani is famous for his passion for the liberation struggle. It was also known that he didn't even participate in any sport, saying, quote, I would rather fight apartheid than play sport, end quote. So what do you think inspired him to continue his fight and what obstacles precisely did he face? Well, look, I mean, uh, he's still mobilized for uh, his soldiers, for instance. I was one of those. Uh, we will play football uh, and cricket and other uh, sporting codes uh, in our military camps. Uh, despite that, uh, he didn't have enough time uh, to participate in that. But he was a person that loved uh, exercises. Uh, he would run almost every day. Uh, that's why even on the day that he was killed, uh, he had taken a, 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 a run uh, in the morning. Um, and these people took advantage of that. Um, but generally, um, he, he was a, a, a fitness person, uh, although he didn't really, he felt that um, in, the, in the context of South Africa's struggle for freedom at the time, and his leadership role, particularly in the armed struggle as well as the underground struggle, um, there would be no time for him to be in sporting activities of course, he still had uh, his clubs that he loved, like South Africa's famous club, Orlando Pirates, and that after he came back, he used to really request that sometimes 
meetings should not clash with the main uh, 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 event of this club because he just wanted to go and see it because he hasn't been seeing it all along when he was in uh, in exile. But uh, overall, his commitment uh, to the to the people's struggle was the primary issue. He was a complete patriot and a complete internationalist equally. And moving on to something else that I'd like you to share with us, Solly. As a politician with experience, what was the direct influence of Mr. Haini's assassination on South African politics of that particular period? Well, this, this uh, uh, cowardly assassination uh, by the right-wing forces uh, in the country had a profound impact on uh, South Africa's politics. Um, you'll know that uh, it came uh, just after the end of the or the collapse of the Soviet Union, as they, they normally say it. Um, that created uh, a rebalancing of world order relations, wherein uh, the U.S. and its Western imperialist forces uh, constituted a single uh, unipolar world system upon which they imposed the capitalist system on the rest of the world and their ideas on the rest of the world and they made their ideas to be the universal ideas of of humanity um, because the Soviet Union had collapsed. Um, the multipolar world system uh, could no longer be possible. So it is in this regard that uh, that particular context and South African right-wing forces on the one hand wanted to take advantage of these uh, emerging weaknesses to stall the process towards democracy uh, in South Africa. And of course, we were on the verge of a civil war because the people came out uh, almost uh, inadvertently across the country. Uh, people just went out into the streets on hearing that Chris uh, had died and they wanted to be involved in, a, in an open war. And in that regard, uh, President Mandela and the leadership of the movement, that is a liberation movement in South Africa, um, calmed down the situation and um, intensely negotiated with the apartheid regime that in order to avoid a full-scale movement towards civil war, we would rather have a date for elections. Uh, Already there were negotiations taking place between the apartheid regime and the liberation movement. So on that basis, uh, the apartheid regime agreed to announce the election date, even if this date was supposed to be announced much, much later, or supposed to be agreed much, much later uh, in the process of the negotiation. But they then had to announce it and agree on it at that time in order to calm down the situation. So it did have a profound impact. Uh, the day that we celebrate April 24, 27 here in South Africa as Freedom Day uh, is the day that uh, was enacted after his, his blood uh, fell um, spilled on the floor. On that basis, uh, we, I, we attribute uh, April 27 uh, to his uh, uh, blood as well as the blood of many martyrs of our liberation struggle. Um, so that's the impact that this thing has uh, on the, the history uh, of South Africa. But equally, uh, you'll remember that uh, the history of South Africa at that particular point in time, uh, by the time of negotiations, were already, the liberation forces were already underwhelmed uh, on the basis of this uh, new balance of uh, world power relations, which favored the apartheid regime and the capitalist forces. And in terms of the values that Chris Haney instilled in South Africans, what is his legacy that he left for the South African Communist Party, for South Africa, 
and for Africa as a continent in general? Yeah, a critical uh, message uh, from learning from him, it's our commonness, our internationalism. Uh, some of the comrades in the region used to call him the Czech of other of the continent uh, because he participated in the struggles um, uh, in Mozambique, in Lesotho, in Botswana, in Zimbabwe, uh, in Zambia, Tanzania. Um, so he was all over and also uh, stayed in other countries, uh, Moscow, for instance, uh, in, in the independence of Soviet Union and now Russian Federation. Um, but so he had a, a profound impact on common struggles of the people, uh, uh, affirming national independence of countries, uh, being patriotic, uh, fighting for your rights as human beings, black and white. Um, uh, pink or brown, or whatever color you might be, but as long as you are a human being. And these are the legacies that he had affirmed, and also that all people should have basic rights and services as human beings. And it is in this regard that he stood for the downtrodden, the poor, the neglected. And that's because on the continent, that remains the situation where the majority of the people, country by country, are still neglected by the powers that be uh, because of colonial impact. Um, he, he had left this uh, enduring legacy of the continuation of struggle uh, for national independence, policy sovereignty, rejection of uh, neocolonialism, and imposition of ideas by imperialist forces onto respective African countries and also here in South Africa. And of course, if you look into some of the campaigns that he pioneered uh, when he was the leader of the Communist Party, he, for instance, when he took office as general secretary, he led a campaign we call Triple H, which stands for Health, Hunger, Housing. Uh, he wanted to resolve the, the, the health crisis in the country to create uh, access to health for all the people and to uh, eradicate hunger in our communities, in our society as a whole, and to create housing for the masses, for the poor. And this uh, campaign, the Triple H campaign, which we are continuing today as a communist party, we just added in that campaign, Triple H plus water, so that people can also have access to water across the board, irrespective of where they stay. So it's a continuation of that legacy, the influence that it still has on us, but ultimately is the uh, um, um, irreversible path that we are embarking on towards uh, socialist dispensation in the country because the capitalist system has proven once and, 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 and for all and everywhere else in the world that it is not concerned about the well-being of the people. It gambles on the well-being of the people. It, it makes the people participate in a game of winners and all the so-called losers have nothing. And it is in this regard that uh, the legacy that yet imbued on us as the Communist Party to continue the struggle for socialism becomes important, and that has been continued today. That's absolutely remarkable. So how would you say is Chris Harney remembered in South Africa today? Well, firstly, we as the Communist Party and together with his family have taken it upon ourselves never to allow his, uh, his ideas to die. So every year we commemorate him in many respects across the, the country. Uh, we have major events. Of course, the critical event is the April 10 event, where the day in which he was killed way back in 1993. Uh, on this day, we go for a root lane ceremony 
uh, at the graveside where he's buried, which has now been converted into a national museum and a national heritage site, grade one. Um, so on that basis, we start from there, but we memorialize uh, his legacy, his role in the, in, 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 in the struggle in various uh, sections of the campaigns. Uh, for instance, he's yes in exile, uh, he's yes in MK, that's our liberation army, uh, he's yes as the leader in the NEC of the ANC, that is the National Executive Committee of the ANC, uh, he's yes in the, as the leader of the Communist Party, as general secretary of the Communist Party, and he's yes as international, and he's working in the underground. So there's a lot that we need to to talk about him. He's uh, growing, yes, um, uh, in the Eastern Cape province of our country, in the village of Tofimvaba. Um, uh, how he grew up, how he went to school, how he also went to university, the famous Forte University, where President Mandela also studied, uh, how he was recruited into the struggle uh, for national liberation, uh, his years in Cape Town, and everything else. And we're back on Afro Verdict, brought to you by Sputnik Africa. You with your host, Victor Anakin, and today we're in the company of the General Secretary of the South African Communist Party, Soli Africa Mapaila. Today's topic is the story of a boy who, despite having grown up in a rural setting, still managed to become one of South Africa's most beloved heroes in the liberation struggle against the apartheid regime. Chris Haney, who ended up as the leader of the South African Communist Party and the chief of staff of Umkonto Sizwe, the ANC military wing, not only played a huge role in abolishing the apartheid regime, but also had a message that was carried over into today's generation of South Africa. Let's listen to Solima Paila as he walks us through Chris Haney's story and explains what the name of Chris Haney evokes in modern South African youth. We study about his life and popularize his his path uh, from his birth in the in the rural village of Sabalele in the in, in Tofimbabad area in the Eastern Cape to the being the Secretary General uh, I mean the General Secretary uh, of the Communist Party a huge uh, achievement uh, for a, a rural boy as well as being chief of staff of the liberation army which also controlled or led people from the metropolitan areas like Johannesburg, Devon, Cape Town and other areas so signifying his leadership role in all of these processes so we continue to celebrate him uh, in many ways uh, through many other things there's been a, a, even a some drama is celebrated in different schools and different communities by some of our people and our comrades as well, so that his memory is never forgotten, that it is through his blood that today South Africa can have a dispensation towards democratization, albeit taken rather too slowly. That's why when he died, the Communist Party said what we achieved was not the freedom, but was a democratic breakthrough. So the ability to vote in April 27, 1994, allowed us only access to state power to embark on a democratic transformation and change of the country. I'll say that that's quite something, hey? And my last question for you, sir. What does the name Chris Haney evoke in South Africans? Well, the name of uh, Chris Haney evoke uh, uh, patriotism, a uh, passion to serve, 
passion against uh, all forms of exploitation and oppression. It, it evokes a passion for internationalism, a passion for self-service. This is what Christianity uh, symbolized uh, all through, so much that even ourselves in the Communist Party, um, we don't think that, uh, we, we, we know he was our general secretary, but we know he, he belongs to all the people of the country. So it is in this regard that uh, uh, this, this name, Krisani, symbolizes fight against oppression and all forms of exploitation. So it is, it is an embodiment of the wishes of the majority of our people. This is a man that, for instance, before he was elected, even indicated that if needs be, he will continue the struggle against the, the, the democratic government, even if it's led by his own organization and the organization that he belongs to, the ANC, as long as it is not doing what it is uh, meant to do from the liberation days. Uh, if, for instance, it gets corrupted in government, he denounced, for instance, uh, opulent lifestyles of uh, government ministers, uh, government officials, uh, the uh, the nicest cities uh, that are accompanied with uh, the privilege of being in office. And he said, for as long as the, the people are still exploited, you will not be able to go into government offices. But of course, uh, he belonged to a democratic movement, which would have decided otherwise. But as a leader, this is the point that he had affirmed. So he had affirmed uh, a point of less privilege for the leaders, but more service to the people. You are listening to Afro Verdict from Sputnik Africa. I'm your host, Victor Anakin, and it was my honor speaking to Soli Africa Mapaila, the incumbent General Secretary of the South African Communist Party, who filled us in on just what Chris Hani's personality was all about, the connotations modern South Africans have when hearing the hero's name, and the legacy Chris Hani had left for the future South Africa he sacrificed his life for. Thank you for tuning in and listening, and I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't miss our next podcast because I do have quite the surprise for you. But without further ado, I'll be leaving you on this intriguing note, and until next time. Afro Verdict. Brought to you by Sputnik Africa.